Hey, Jennifer. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. How have you been? Good. Very good. Everybody's um, safe and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Oh, yeah. I've been doing okay. Um, I, I want to say thank you, uh, and I appreciate your willingness to uh, to share your journey. It's okay to loosen up a little bit, too. <laughs> I know I'm like a little, a little nervous. It brought, it, it brought, um, tears to my eyes and it is right now, um, you know, thinking about you reaching out to me, um, and that someone took an interest in, in my story, you know, um, I love listening to other people's stories and getting to know them through, through their life history mm-hmm. and for someone to to want to know about me just really touched my heart so oh. thank you everybody seems to think they don't have an interesting story but I don't think you can get here today without an interesting story so let's mm-hmm. get into yours okay thank you <laughs> hello everyone and welcome back to How Did I Get Here, the podcast that reveals there is no one right way to live and experience life, yet we all succeed with every step we take. I'm your host, Lisa Michelle, and my guest today is one of those people who has become very good at taking lemons and making lemonade. She seems to be in such a good mood all the time and is always ready and willing to help. From our first conversation some eight or nine years ago to this one, she's always been open to sharing as well as listening, no matter how hard or sensitive the subject may be. But what I've come to appreciate most about her is that she is ever hopeful, even when life hands her crazy situations. I'd like you all to meet happy-go-lucky Jennifer Madsen. So um, share with everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are today, and what is it that you do? So I am, um, first and foremost, a, a child of God. Mm-hmm. I've, I've really gotten back into having that close relationship with him again, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ebbs and flows. Um, I'm a a daughter, a sister, a wife, a mom, an aunt, mm-hmm. a friend, um, you know, and, and when you think about who you are and you break it down into all of those things, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I, there are a lot of areas you that wear, I do touch. You wear a lot of hats, right? We all do, right? We, we are all those, all those different things to others, mm-hmm. to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I, the company that I work for, I've been with them for almost 27 years and wow. um, have been in some kind of a service industry position mm-hmm. my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my role recently shifted and um, took on a completely different 
um, turn, you know, than what something that I had ever done before, but Mm -hmm. it's still that customer service level. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. I'm finding that I'm getting more physically fit and more aware of my body changing Mm -hmm. since I turned 50. And so, (laughs) yes, yeah. Yeah, hit 50 last year. So wow. it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Now the fun begins. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, indeed. Well, do you want to take a step back and uh, talk about all the years prior to 50? You can share some memories that you uh, have held on to that you'd like to share um, that you feel contributed to who you are today. Yeah, it's, um, you know, looking back, I think about just in general, my overall life experience of, I was this little happy-go-lucky girl that just was okay with whatever anybody, um, you know, told me. I mm-hmm. One thing that comes to mind um my mom and my mom, when she would tell me this story, like I just it that it just encompasses, I think, like who I am, who I've always been. But she said I was outside playing, and I was like, you know, early early grade school, um, that first grade, maybe age mm-hmm. six, seven ish, and um, maybe more like that six year. Mark. And Mm -hmm. she said, I came inside and I just, I was like, mom, I need to ask you a question. And she was like, oh gosh, what is she going to ask me? (laughs) You know, am I ready for this? Mm -hmm. You know? And she's like, okay, what do you need? What's your question? And I just said, are you the tooth fairy? (laughs) And she was like, what do I tell her? You know, I mean, so she just thought I'm going to be honest with her. Mm -hmm. And I said, Yes, Jennifer, I am. I I am the tooth fairy. And I, I just said, okay. And then I went back outside and played. And so then she said, I came back in like I wasn't done. Oh. And I said, Mom, I have another question. She's like, okay. And I said, so if you are the tooth fairy, how do you get inside all of my friends' houses? <laughs> so at that age you still didn't put together the fact that each parent was the tooth fairy some kid just said your mom is the tooth fairy and you were like oh my mom is the tooth fairy my mom yes yes for everybody everybody. yes that's cute that's cute (laughs) so i yeah so were you born and raised in so where were you born and raised born and raised in in st louis Mm -hmm. um i am the youngest of three okay i have a brother that is six years older than i am and a sister that is four years older than i am and I was um, un- unexpected. <laughs> I was I was a souvenir from Florida, as my mom <laughs> has said. 
Um, yeah. You were I, I wasn't expected. souvenir from Florida. I've never yeah. heard that. That was a nice way mm-hmm. to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because um, with my second child that I delivered, um, it was a trip that I had earned um, through a contest, I guess you could say, at work. And they did this interview when you returned and they're like, you know, so what's the, you know, best, neatest thing that you brought back from, from this experience. And, um, my answer was I'm pregnant. (laughs) So, um, these trip souvenirs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's funny. And that's what the, that was with your youngest. You have two kids. I have two. Two Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have two kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, um, I just always had that fun, kind not necessarily a free spirit per se, but Mm -hmm. just, um, I call it just a sunshiny, you know. Were you happy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I, um, but I always found myself like, like, and I remember doing this, my mom would tell me, so in our, in our family room, we had this big area rug Mm -hmm. with a pad underneath it. And when she would do the deep cleaning, she'd roll this area rug up and, um, I would hide in it and I'd write a note and I would tell her I've run away, um, you know, I, I know you don't love me anymore. And, oh, you know, and, and she knew I was in this rug mm-hmm. <laughs> and she would say, Oh, where did Jennifer go off to now? You know, and she never really made too much out of it. But then I would, you know, when she would say, Oh, I wish she knew how much I loved her. Mm-hmm. Then I'd, I'd come out of the rug and Pop I'm out. like, here I, I here I am. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Funny. Yeah. So well, you were was... so much. What were the ages again? You were so much younger than your sister and brother. Four years from my sister and six years from my brother. Mm-hmm. Do they yeah. not play with you? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to be complete, yeah, completely honest. The plight of I... the babies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I adored my sister. Not saying that I'm not still admiral, admirable of her, you know, today, but I adored her growing up. I like looked up to her. Mm-hmm. She, you know, I looked, she was so pretty and she was, um, she did gymnastics. And I mm-hmm. just remember going to see um, her gymnastic meets and um, I thought, oh, I want to do gymnastics and So her coach even like, let me, you know, try out the vault. And, um, I remember, I remember running down as fast as I could this long pad. Right. And I jumped on the springboard Uh and instead of going up and over Mm. the horse, 
I went down and under and I came up and I cracked my head under the horse and I knocked myself out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wait, how tall were you? How do you go? Oh, I was a little under. bit of a thing. I was young. I was young. How do yeah. you go I under the horse? <laughs> but, but that's been my whole life. It's like Jennifer will always find a different way of doing things. <laughs> Like always, like, yeah. Good like or bad. If you need, exactly. I'm like, if you need a guinea pig to, to try something out and you've had six of the same responses, get Jennifer in here and she'll give you a different one. Yeah. Not intentionally. Just because, it's just that's no. the way it happens for you. Yeah, exactly. Really? It, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine so. how you managed to get under there. I know, right? It's like trying to reenact an accident crime. How did they get there? No clue. So uh, did you not pursue gymnastics after that? Mm. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I I knew that was something that my sister was was very talented at and uh, not something that, that I would be able to <laughs> to venture into yeah yeah but I loved watching her I was yeah. always so proud of yeah of you know her I'm like yeah so that's funny but it was funny too because um between her and my brother like my brother's a tease um my grandfather was a tease but my sister was more um almost like she didn't want me around like she wasn't mean to me mm -hmm. but you know it was like there were little signs that she would you know do or things that um would happen that I kind of knew or felt yeah. that she like really didn't like me or you well, know she was doing big girl stuff you were some little mm -hmm. baby getting in the way exactly yeah, big girl yes. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And and I, but it was because I just looked up to her. Yeah, I was enamored by her. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like her. I, you know, she was a cheerleader. I wanted to be a cheerleader, mm -hmm. and I did. I did. But yeah, it it was it was weird because being at least for me being the youngest. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I was a leader. I was always mm. following someone to mm -hmm. find my way. Wow. Yeah. Well, even yeah. being the youngest like that uh, so far apart, did you not have the feeling of being an only or a first? I know I've talked to others about birth order and when the youngest tends to be so far apart from the first one or even the second one. Um, like my sisters, they had each other. So the youngest didn't feel like an only, um, mm. but I felt like an only because I was so much older than, than them. But did you not feel like, like you had your parents to yourself or you had to be, you know, uh, on your own or, you know, a responsible kid because you were out here by yourself? No, I really didn't. And I, I feel like I attribute that to my mom always encouraging and wanting us to 
be involved with each other's activities. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, not participating mm-hmm. involved, you know, not, not that and, level of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Attending. Right. Supporting. And, mm-hmm. Yes. And I never, you know, I never felt like, Ugh, I have to go watch my sister again, or oh, right, I have to go watch right. my brother in the band or whatever. Yeah. It was like, that's my brother. Yeah. He's out there playing the, you know, mm-hmm. or like, that's my sister. Yeah. And I was, I was always very, proud to be their sisters and I I think I think that that's maybe what why it's been difficult for me to kind of find myself Mm. because I was always so interested in them and what they did and everybody else and and there were things that I that I did you know on my own Mm -hmm. and got involved in that they didn't um, I mean, like I played soccer and I, I, I was an ice skater mm-hmm. and um, those are things that they didn't do. But um, I was always very interested in in watching them. And we, you know, it always felt like we had a really good tight family unit. And I didn't feel like I was just being drug along to, you know. Yeah. But I... Um, I felt I always felt connected to them regardless of the age difference. And mm-hmm. I think it was because of my mom's approach to to us maintaining a closeness mm-hmm. within each other. Yeah. Yeah. She was fifteen years younger than her sister. Fifteen? Mm-hmm. So oh. I really think that she wanted to establish relationships within us that Mm. she didn't have with her sister that she really wanted she really wanted yeah to have a a closeness to her sister so yeah that was a big gap for your for your mom and her siblings she had just one sibling or two couple of siblings no just one just one older sister yeah Yeah. so I can imagine she felt like an only child Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And by the time, you know, her niece and nephew came along, it was like she was an older sister to them, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. But my mom always wanted to make sure that we always kept in touch with each other. And on her, on her, when she was dying, I hate saying deathbed, mm-hmm. um, but when she was dying, that was one thing that she told all of us. Mm-hmm. She told her children, her grandchildren, um, to always take care of each other, mm-hmm. to keep in touch with each other, mm-hmm. call call each other, just to say hey, yeah. not to talk a long time, and but just to, um, check, in. Just to check in mm-hmm. and check on. Yeah, yeah, yep. Did you celebrate? birthdays with your with your siblings did they celebrate with you or was it always mm-hmm. with your little friends no we were very big on family gatherings mm-hmm. very big on family gatherings it was always all about family i mean i remember growing up we would have birthdays and easter egg hunts and mm-hmm. um 
So my grandmother was one of four Mm -hmm. and then, um, my grandfather had, I believe two siblings and this is on my maternal side. Mm -hmm. And then on my dad's side, um, he was an only child. Um, his dad was an only child. His mom had siblings, Mm. but anytime, you know, we could get together, it was funny. It was majority was with my mom's family. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my great aunts and uncles, and then my aunts and uncles and, you know, then my cousins, um, birthdays was primarily the grandparents, and our siblings and, you know, my mom and dad, I don't remember like birthday parties with friends. Was it always I don't with know family? why, but yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, as I got older, maybe mm-hmm. in like middle school, high school, but um, yeah, it was always family. Yeah. Always family. Nice. So everyone is in Missouri? All of your family, extended family is in Missouri? No. um, I have, so my mom's cousin, and I I call her an aunt. um, She's in Houston. Um, Her daughter is in Virginia. Um, Her son is there in Houston with her. I have a cousin like in Springfield, Mm -hmm. cousin in West Plains. Um, So my cousins are spread out. Um, Now my immediate, like my mom and dad stayed here. My sister stayed here. My brother ended up moving to Boston and got married. And my nieces are up there Mm -hmm. with, with him and his wife. Um, So, you know, we're, we are more spread out now that, you know, we've gotten older, but my husband has a big family. Well, big, I say he has three siblings, all boys. Wow. Yeah. And all of them have children and we're, we're very close, like with them as well. Okay. So we get together with, with his family also and the, yeah. Yeah, the nieces and nephews and um, my kids are real close to all of their cousins. Yeah. And so it's kind of carrying on that same, that same, you know, tradition that, um, that I grew up with. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so you never yeah. left Missouri. I did not. I did for a short while. Mm-hmm. I, so when I was in grade school, like that fifth, sixth time frame there was um our neighbors across the street had five kids Mm -hmm. and I would go over there and you know kind of help her out and hang with the kids and um then eventually as I got older I would babysit them and then they ended up moving to the east coast his job took him there. Um, they asked if I'd come up and be their nanny for the summer, um, you know, to get them settled and everything. And so I did. So 
I lived um, up there over the course of several several summers, and that Mm -hmm. ties into yeah when I temporarily relocated up there. Okay, but um, but other than that, I mean, I've traveled with my jobs Mm -hmm. and and stuff, but Mm -hmm. now I've yeah basically lived in Missouri the whole time. So you're so education wise, and I don't know if you live in city or counties, but education wise, did you start school and stay in that same school district all your, all your life? Or did your family move around in Missouri at all? So I grew up in, and was raised in the same house from the age of like a year and a half up until when I got married at the age of 26. So I was in the same district the entire time. Elementary school was K through sixth, and then my junior high was seventh and eighth, and my high school was nine through twelve. And my mom worked for the district. Okay. Um, and she ended up working at my high school during the time of which I went to school there. And I loved having her there. Mm-hmm. Like I loved having her there. And, you know, I would go and visit with her on my lunch hour and, you know, I'd, um, you know, my friends loved my mom. My -hmm. friends loved my mom too. Mm -hmm. She was, she was a neat, neat person. And um, so, yeah, I never really had any, you know, deviations yet. It's, it's funny because I'm a very adaptable individual. Like Mm -hmm. I, I can adapt to the environment of which I've been placed, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, what kind of seems like a boring, you know, path, <laughs> but, but the things that happened to me over the course of those years, yeah. um, that was, that was not boring yeah. at all by yeah. any means. And, and I think a lot of what happened to be molded me into being um, who I am today mm-hmm. and they weren't they weren't good experiences uh, but they made me stronger yeah sure. definitely made me stronger did you do well yeah. in school you know I well meaning like 3.0 3.5 um that was I was you. never a 4.0 oh. child yeah. yeah did you like I it? did you at least like school? oh you oh yeah from from the social aspect of course <laughs> Yes, because I love people. I, uh-huh. you know, I feed off of, I've always fed off of people's energy uh-huh. and excitement. And um, I've always, you know, of course, gotten those notes on your report cards back in the day. You know, Jennifer is a very social individual. And <laughs> that's, of course, followed me, you know, throughout my entire life. But yet, but I enjoy. But, but you did good in school. You did. Mm-hmm. Were you popular? Yeah. Did you get involved in activities or sports? Or I did. So um, my the summer after my eighth grade year, I tried out for high school cheerleading, mm-hmm. and um, I I made the cheerleading team. I was an alternate at first, and then um, ended up. Um, that they needed someone to roll up from the 
alternate team. Mm -hmm. So I moved up to a permanent position, but it wasn't, you know, without being like people would say, oh, the only reason why you made it to be a cheerleader was because your mom works at the high school and your sister was the captain um, last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're like, because you're too fat for being a cheerleader to be a cheerleader. And um, I was I was literally physically poked and prodded by people on the bus um, from grade school on up. And I never would ever say anything like I would walk down the aisle of the of the bus yeah. and boys would pinch my butt or grab my boob. Um, and I never, I would never say anything. Um, in junior high, same thing. Um, there were a couple times that, you know, I would, I would have to go, I would go and talk to my counselor mm-hmm. and, uh, she actually gave me a poem called Poets Corner that, we ended up having on my mom's, um, I, I don't know if you call it a program for her funeral, mm, but yeah. it was embedded in the text on on that called Poet's Corner. And mm-hmm. it's it was regarding the balance of life. Ooh. And, you know, there wouldn't be any good without the bad, no sunshine mm-hmm. without the rain and that sort of thing. And that's, you know, the perspective that I've always that I've always had. Um, there was one time in sixth grade, we were at a lunch table, um, and I was choking on an orange and one of the, uh, one of the cafeteria, we called them the cafeteria ladies. She came over and, you know, helped me and did the Heimlich, you know, pat on the back Mm -hmm. thrust thing. Ended up going to the nurse just to, you know, make sure I was okay and everything. And I ended up going home. Mm -hmm. And from the time that happened, and that was on a Friday, from the time that happened to when I got back to school on Monday, there was a rumor going around that I was pregnant. And that's why I had to leave um, school early. It it went from choking to pregnant? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah. And I remember all of us. So we were in, they were called pods where we had this design of these open classrooms. Mm-hmm. So there weren't walls. You didn't have a classroom. It was this big open floor. Yeah. And then you had movable walls yeah. that you would divide out. Yeah. And um, I remember all of the sixth grade classes coming together and they sat all of us down and we're talking about this rumor that was going around and about you or a different rumor yes no about me I mean and and they might as well have just pointed me out because this story happened to no one else. So it's like everybody knew that they were talking about me, but they never said my name. And um, it was just really, I just remember not understanding Mm -hmm. 
the meanness and the hatred and the, you know, the lie of yeah. that whole story and how it transpired. And it just didn't make sense to me. And um, that kind of treatment, you know, I mean, I wasn't this like poor me, people are picking on me. I was always very vibrant and friendly and mm-hmm. liked everybody and um, believed everybody, trusted mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. and opened my heart to everyone. Yet they still felt that, that they could do those things because, oh, Jennifer's not going to say anything. So they would. So they yeah. would, you know, pick on but, me and... But why, why didn't you say anything or why wouldn't you say anything? And, and it may be hindsight today, right? But why do you think you didn't say anything? Uh, I wanted, I was one of those types of people. I wanted, I, I liked everybody. So I thought everybody liked me and I was just, um, I, I guess I wanted everybody to like me. It wasn't. It, it was just one of those things where I kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt and was just like, oh, that, you know, they didn't mean anything by it. Oh, really? You know? Mm-hmm. So the treatment didn't, you saw it for what it was, but you dismissed I think it while, as. I think while I was in it, I just looked the other way, you know? Really? But when it came to, it's funny, when it came to, people picking on someone else, Mm -hmm. I, I was the first one to jump in. And that's because you knew what it felt like, mm -hmm. but but you're defending others, but not your. Right. Is that because you thought they liked you and they're just picking on you because they like you or they're picking on you? Did you know that they knew you wouldn't say anything? No, I still, I don't, I don't know. I think. I think the reason why is what did it was going to be? What did you do to provoke them? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like people weren't going to believe me. What did oh. you do to provoke them? Really? And I, yeah. And I don't know if I, like, if I, if that was something that, you know, like my, my mom would just, Oh, you're fine. No, they didn't. Because as I got older, I remember, um, so I lived in New Jersey for a while, bad, you know, abusive relationship, but I recognized it, moved home Mm -hmm. and I wanted, I wanted to go to therapy. I wanted to talk about that experience and what happened. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, you don't need to go to talk to him. Really? mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember her saying that it was like. It was like, um, I don't know. It was just weird. Like it, I never expected something like that to come out of my mom's mouth, yeah, you know? And yeah. so I was like, okay. And so it, initially yeah. I didn't. Okay. I was going to ask, how did you feel though? When, when she said that initially, you know, I was like, okay, you know, but then I was like, no mom, I really think I need to go talk to someone. And I, um, you know, I went and spoke to my pastor's assistant. I remember they had like a program that you could go talk to. And, um, 
with my first experience, it just seemed so textbook Mm. responses, Mm. you know, Mm. and even, you know, I went to a couple other therapists as well. And part of me was always like, you really don't care. You know, Mm. like Mm -hmm. I walked into one and she's like, she goes, have you ever talked to your doctor about getting on an antidepressant or something? And I was like, that's what you're going to tell me, you know? So I was like, I, I think sometimes when it comes to like the psychological aspects of, of individuals and, and like the conversation that we're having Mm -hmm. is people just can't take it at face value. They have to read more into it. And Mm -hmm. when it's, when it's probably not, really necessary you know people just want to talk well and sometimes the point of talking right is to talk through it or Mm -hmm. work through it or sometimes we just you know hearing ourselves saying what we're saying or surprising ourselves by thinking what we think having those conversations helps do that out loud I think right instead of it Mm -hmm instead of you trying to work through it on your own or it's festering or whatever the case may, may be. But, uh, yeah. did, was that, was that later in life or, or early? Did you feel that you needed something earlier in life too, during, during your school years or? No, no? I didn't really, you know, I didn't really like think about it. And when At I was time, younger, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the first time, I mean, I was I was in some tough situations, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why I always thought is it my fault, you know? Um, because, like, when I was a nanny, mm-hmm. um, her husband came on to me mm. when I got older. I was a nanny for them for, I guess, gosh, maybe five years and when did how old were you when you started going and that's and and as a nanny going up to uh the east coast with them okay Mm -hmm. it was um it was like my the summer after sixth grade summer after seventh grade summer after eighth grade so it was like you know 12 13 14 15 and your parents let you go for the entire summer Mm -hmm. they knew so they were really good friends with the neighbors across the street like I was over there all the time helping them out Mm -hmm. and um it was like they looked at it you know I think as I was traveling like with them Mm -hmm. um and not you know just they weren't just sending me off to some you know right 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 no, they were very, they knew the family okay. well and yeah, but it was weird because the first year that I was up there, um, and I was more like, like one of their children yeah, too, sure. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they felt responsible for me, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, okay, we're going out. I need you to watch the kids. Right. It was they needed an older sibling to help. Right, right, sure. Um, but I remember, like, we were all, they. so this one house that they lived in, it was really neat. Um, but in, and this is just me. I look at the experience that I had. I mean, they had, 
tennis courts and they had a swimming pool and they had, um, they, their house looked out over just these beautiful hills of trees and it was gorgeous. And, um, they lived in Amish country. Um, so it was just very quiet and secluded and they have had acres and, um, you would see, you know, the horse drawn carriage of Amish families driving up and down their road, you know, and, and there was a time when we were all out in the pool as a family Mm -hmm. and, um, the dad had, you know, grabbed a bunch of the kids and, you know, we're in the pool and I felt his hand just brush up against the side of my breast Mm -hmm. and, um, didn't think, you know, anything of it. Mm -hmm. It was just an accident. And then happened again, didn't think, you know, whatever. And so I would just, I just turned my head to it. I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, I thought, okay, I must be wearing a swimming suit that's too Mm -hmm. revealing or, you know, Mm -hmm. so I always internalized that, like, like, what did I do to cause that Mm -hmm. to happen? Mm -hmm. And um, then the next year, you know, I went up there, there were additional things that happened that I just kind of benefited the doubt. You know, mm-hmm. and they're the, the Jennifer little, that doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And they're a little darker than than, you know, the first year that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like in the interim of of me nannying, you know, here I am here and I am babysitting for another family and dad, you know, and and mom are out drinking at a wedding reception. And back in the day, you know, like people didn't think twice about drinking and driving like they do now, you know, so dad's intoxicated. He brings me home and I, I loved people love to hug. Thank you. I'll see you later. Go to give him a hug out of the car. And he goes and kisses me on the mm. mouth. Mm. And this is yeah. the same father. No, this is a different, a different one. Oh my goodness. Yes. So, then I, you know, I, my mom's waiting up for me. She's like, Jennifer, what's wrong? And I tell her and he comes running up after me and comes in the house without even thinking about it. And my mom's like, my daughter will never be watching your kids ever again. And he was one of my, my teachers. He was a teacher of mine. So again, I'm like, what did I do to make him think that he could do that? Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, go back up and nanny again. And, you know, one year goes by, you know, things are fine. Mm -hmm. Another year goes by and the dad um, was, so I was getting ready to go on a date because um, I had gone up and, you know, back so often mm-hmm. I started, you know, like I knew their family, their extended family. Mm-hmm. I knew their, you know, the kids, aunts and uncles and grandparents. And I was a part of their family. Uh-huh. And um, the mom, you know, was, you know, like, why, you know, how about, you know, we fix you up with my best friend. She's got a son. You'll be up here. I was 15. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, you know, I, I just love meeting people. You know, I don't yeah. ever, 
look into, oh, what is this person going to do and lead me? Or I was just like, sure, okay, yeah, I'd love to meet him, whatever. So I was getting ready for my date and um, the bathroom. It was a two-story house. They had a they had moved. Um, they had a two-story house. They had a, a swimming pool in the backyard again. And kids were home. Mom was out in the pool with the kids. I had come inside to um, get ready for my date. Mm-hmm. Bathroom's down at one end of the hall. My bedroom's down at the other end of the hall. And then there are bedrooms, you know, shooting off of each side. And um, get out of the shower, you know, have my terry cloth robe on and my head wrap, my towel, you know, go to walk down the hall. And in the very first bedroom on the right hand side was one of the girls' bedrooms that, and they had a window looking over the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad standing in there watching everybody in the pool. And I just walk by, don't mm-hmm. say anything. Close, you know, go to my bedroom, close the door, lock it, because I felt a mm-hmm. kind of an uneasiness. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. And he came knocking on my door. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll be there just a second, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm thinking, does he need something with the kids or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, asked me if I was dressed yet. And I said, yeah, I'm almost done. And he's like, oh, I was hoping I'd get to see. And he made a comment. Mm. And with that, I just kind of, you know, blew it off. And I'm like, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm dressed. And I came out and like walked right past him. And he, yeah. you know, kind of rubbed my, my back as I'm walking past him. And I f- remember just flying down those steps yeah. um, as fast as I could. And. I remember calling my mom and my mom and she was just, she was devastated. Mm. She's like, I want, I want you to get him and his wife on the phone and the four of us are going to sit and we're going to talk through this. And he flat out denied it. Wow. Yep. And so. So how did you, I mean, when did you, at what point did you get back home? Did that change everything? And then they brought you home before the summer was over or did you continue to go through the summer? Yeah. So like back in the day, you know, so they had paid for my airline ticket to and from. Okay. And this, this is, it's almost like the, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But so her good friends, you know, and this boy that I was going to go on this date with, Mm -hmm. um, who I ended up going on a date with and he and I really ended up, you know, connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him the situation cause he was like, what's wrong? You see Marie preoccupied and, you know, and cause I had met him a couple of okay. times in group okay. scenarios mm-hmm. before he asked me out on a date. Okay. And so anyway, Oddly enough, I end up going and staying with him and his parents for the rest of the summer because the airline ticket, like, was non-refundable, non-changeable. My parents didn't have the money to fly me back home. They would have if they needed to, but 
But from a financial perspective, there mm. were things that my parents went through that I had no clue, mm. you know, that they were going through my dad's car being repossessed. And, but my mom always made it seem like everything was always good all the time. Yeah. Like I never knew, I never knew the complexity of what was really going on yeah. in, in my family's life. So when and, did you make it, um, you stayed with the friend. Mm-hmm. And then I came back home after back. the summer. And was that the mm-hmm. last time you went up there? That was the last time that I went up there yeah. to be their nanny. Mm-hmm. But my relationship with this with this boy mm-hmm. continued. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, it continued. Back and forth so. With that. But, so when you came mm-hmm. back home, and what are you, 15, 16, 17? Mm-hmm. 15. Mm-hmm. At that time, how do you feel... Now you're back home, school starts, and knowing what you've experienced over the the summer or and even the summer before that, really, right, started, how are you functioning through school? You know, I, I did fine. I put it behind me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I... I'm not dead. I'm not bleeding. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like I've always had a strong faith or connection with God ever since I was little. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, even though my relationship may not have been as forefront Mm -hmm. with like being able to quote things out of the Bible and all, but like I was taught I was taught out of the Bible throughout my entire life with not e- without even like realizing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, there were there. And so I was, I was okay. Mm-hmm. I was, I was okay. Um, I went back to doing my thing and, and did my thing, Yeah. you know, so unfortunately more things continued to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that, it just allowed me to continue to become stronger. And um, cause I always want everything to be good and copacetic. And mm-hmm. I, I love having conversations with people and understanding their perspective, even though mine might be different. It's okay. And, but I was fine. Mm-hmm. I, my grades, um, I think during the, you know, the early part of these Mm -hmm. things happening. Mm -hmm. Um, It was funny. I noticed my, my style changed a little bit. It became a little more dark, a little more edgy. Mm -hmm. Were you okay? Really? Um, Probably on this, like on Mm -hmm. the surface. Mm -hmm. Right. But underlying, no, I was, I was struggling, but then I, I came out of it again, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and I, I pushed it behind me and, you know, I, I used it to teach my daughter to be stronger Mm -hmm. than I was. Well, and and even more aware and yes, willing to speak up, you know, when something Mm -hmm. happens, even though you did and, but yeah, it, it, those are lessons that you when you do have kids that you you share with them so hopefully that they don't experience what you did not that they would always experience everything that we do but you know just in case right 
Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, like in high school, like I said, I, I always stood up for the underdog. Yeah. I, but I didn't stand up for myself. Well, you, did you, cause you were, I mean, from my perspective, sounds like you were an underdog, but you didn't see yourself as that. No, no, Mm-mm. no. I didn't. I, I always, I don't know. I, it, it, as strange as this may sound, it's mm-hmm. like things that I wanted naturally, you know, came to me. And if it, if it was, if it was something that I wanted, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy, I wouldn't pursue it because I felt that negative energy from whatever it was I thought that I wanted. Does that make sense? So are you saying if it wasn't easy, you wouldn't pursue it? Correct. It had to be or easy got... for you to go after it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And so you were like that all the way through, all the way through high school? Yeah. Classes, even, even... activities. And, and in high school, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I did my studies. I did, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like I didn't try, but. I just, I don't feel like I ever really struggled with grades. Mm-hmm. Um, I I felt like I struggled more with people and the way I was treated. Mm. And even, you know, even past, even when I did go to college for the short time that I did, it was a very emotional, difficult time of which I was in college in, you know, out of state Mm -hmm. living with my boyfriend and his Mm -hmm. family, this family that took me in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He ended up being a verbally, physically abusive person. Um, His dad ended up um, being verbally and sexually abusive to me and I was being groomed for whatever it was that they were bringing me into. And, um, when I was in college, uh, my grandfather ended up passing away mm-hmm. over, um, approaching as we approached our winter break. Where were you in college? And, um, up in New Jersey. Okay. It was a uh, it was a school called Glassboro State College at the time. They have since changed names, mm-hmm. and I can't even think of the name of it. But anyway, I went for one semester, mm-hmm. and I was so emotionally distraught over the physical, emotional, mm-hmm. sexual abuse that I was going through, along with my grandfather passing. Mm-hmm that my my um, professors were allowing me to take my finals early. And um, the very first final that I went in to take mm-hmm. before I left to come home for, for um, the funeral, I it was advanced algebra. Mm. Or, and I looked at the paper and I was so not in any kind of a mindset to do this. Mm -hmm. I just, I wrote on it. I, I, 
no, none of this. And mm-hmm. I turned it in mm-hmm. and I left and that was it. And, you, and that was the end of, and that was end of college for you. That was the end of college. And so you yep. come back to Missouri. Came back home, didn't move home right away. My mom, though, desperately wanted me to, um, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go back and finish up the year and see what, you know, what happens. And this guy that, um, I was with who lived there, I told him I wanted to go home by myself Mm -hmm. to be with my family. Well, he ends up showing up, flew himself in Mm. unannounced, unexpected, and is there for the rest of my winter break because he was afraid I wasn't coming back. Mm. And so he flew back. I flew back. The abuse continues with both him and the dad, the mind manipulation. And oddly enough, his dad was the one that told me, Jennifer, I really think it's in your best interest if you move back home. Mm. And so he grow a conscience. I don't know. I don't know. He he said, you are just too kind of a person Mm. to to be here Mm. in this family. Mm. Okay. so I don't I don't know if he grew a conscience because. I was just taking it Mm. and I was still like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But I never, and I I think that's where like the things that happened were really bad, Mm. like really bad. Mm -hmm. And I think I, and this is where I'm tearing up. I Mm -hmm. think I felt their pain Mm -hmm. and wanted and wanted to be able to help them Mm -hmm. get through whatever demons were possessing them. And if I had to be the one that, that you were sacrificing to help them, you were sacrificing yourself. And, and I'm not, and I'm not wanting to, to say that I'm this martyr or this, you know, but, but that I like the, this, you know, I'm such an empath mm-hmm. that, that I just, I gave of myself to help them battle whatever they needed to battle. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but you, you learned that, that, uh, sacrificing yourself is not how you help. Right. Right. So. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I grew into realizing that and I grew into becoming a stronger uh, woman who stands up for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do that in my marriage now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily make things, you know, easier well, of course with not. my husband yeah. and I, but, yeah. um, but I, I stand up, yeah. I stand up for myself now. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. since you didn't finish or did you finish college? Did you finish I college didn't. and you just no. started working and, and mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the grind of daily life and making money mm-hmm. and earning money kind of put the education on the, uh, on mm-hmm. the, on the back burner. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so is that where you started working and you've been there for 27 years now? So I actually, my, my initial, um, you know, career mm-hmm. um, at the age of, let's see, at the age of 19, because mm-hmm. I started, I started in 89. My, so they have this date, right? Your higher date, mine was 89, uh-huh. So uh-huh. I, it was with, it was with the airlines. It was with um, Trans World Airlines mm-hmm. that, you know, that isn't even here anymore. Wow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I started with them when I was, 19 and oh my gosh that was so much fun it was and and this is how cool so my sister you know she's always lived here in in Missouri and um she knew I was struggling and you know even though like at a younger age you know like I know she's always loved me and wanted to help me in any Mm -hmm. way that she could and Mm -hmm. take care of me even though sometimes, you know, I, I know she probably wishes I hadn't come along and stolen her thunder, you know, but, um, she, she, yeah, Mm -hmm. she, um, loaned me $500 so that I could, um, go to the trans world travel Academy. Wow. And, um, I went through it and I, graduated through this I don't know if I don't remember how long the program was but graduated with flying colors mm-hmm. got hired on by them yeah. Oh. and yeah yeah so I was in back? customer service I hope I did I don't know she was <laughs> she'd probably tell me if I yeah she listens to this I she'll be like I don't know uh, yeah right now. right yeah <laughs> I don't think you ever did pay me that did you you know and so you but, went from there, you worked there and you enjoyed that mm-hmm, and you ended mm-hmm. up, okay, so you switched. I had one other job. So I went from being there for a year and a half and then I went to another travel company oh, for okay. three years and okay. then, yeah, and then it led me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. And here 27 years later. Right. Yeah. And, but those are, so those are two things, you know, so I talk about quitting things when they get hard. Yeah. Um, my career hasn't been the easiest in the 27 years that I've been there, but I've not quit. You're not going to work if that's, if, if you're having an easy time. (laughs) Right. Right. And my marriage has Mm. not been easy and we've been, together not married but we've been together for 30 years oh, wow. and I haven't quit that yeah. so yeah so yeah you're, so you're not allergic to the hard stuff <laughs> no Mm-mm. right well huh? well well with all of that I mean and, and there's been a lot of ups and downs right with all of that what lessons learned that help you Put the pieces together for yourself that brought you to who you are today. What are those lessons that you would share with someone who is struggling with speaking up for yourself, that is dealing with uh, external issues that that you don't know how to 
reconcile with, you know, and, and yours was at a, an early age. Um, and then you, you know, carried that with you for a little while. You know, I, I think the biggest one is, is forgiveness, Mm. forgiveness of yourself Mm -hmm. in addition to forgiveness of others. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's even more difficult to forgive yourself Mm. because you can forgive someone else, but then you can also walk away from them Mm -hmm. and choose to not have them in your life. Sure, right. But you have to live with, with yourself, yourself. Yeah. every day. Yeah. And we are our own biggest critics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, quite often, I think we as individuals both from an internal perspective as well as an external perspective are so often drawn to the negative. Mm -hmm. And if someone is complimentary of themselves, other people find that like, um, arrogance or yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain arrogance behind it. Instead in of reality yes mm-hmm. and and there is nothing wrong with being the light mm-hmm. or having that confidence or being proud of yourself mm-hmm. because you cannot get that from anybody else mm-hmm. people can tell you oh you're so pretty people can tell you oh you're 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 so sweet, but you have to ultimately and honestly and truly be happy and content within yourself. And mm-hmm. forgiving yourself is quite different than what think it is because you think, well, what do I have to forgive myself for? I didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. But forgiving yourself allows allows freedom. It allows you to be released from any of the things that you thought you may have have done mm. that impacted people's reactions mm-hmm. to you. And I was going to ask was, that. Why do you, how did you relate forgiving yourself to realizing that it wasn't you that did it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's that freedom that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freedom mm-hmm. from believing that you did something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, so you're stronger, wiser, alert. What are your next steps? What's up next for you? What are your uh, What are your plans for immediate future, or any big dreams you have that you're working toward? You know, it's it's strange that I look at the age of fifty, right, as you think my life is halfway over. I mean, who knows at what point mm-hmm. at any point, right? It's just beginning, you know? man. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and I've always tried to live every day as, as if it's my last and never go to bed angry and never regret the last words that you've said to someone 
you know, until you speak to them again. And um, so I, I find that, um, you know, in being, in being free mm-hmm. of and forgiving myself, I'm allowing myself to explore new things without any inhibitions, mm. <clears throat> without ever being so concerned or, you know, it's, it's leading me or, you know, my, my path has led me to want to encourage my daughter, you know, still to grow into being her own individual and Mm -hmm. think for herself and act Mm -hmm. for herself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have focused more on developing myself in such ways of physical fitness and doing yoga and cycling and um, doing cardio dance and not, you know, being worried about being able to get into that yoga position like everybody else is or knowing the little (laughs) cardio dance routine like everybody else does, you know, in my, my, what would, what would hold me back previously was I, I never wanted to be a distraction to other people Mm. by not knowing it. Um, I just wanted to blend in, Mm -hmm. but anymore, uh, no inhibitions that, you know, and continue to focus more on, on my gut feelings mm-hmm. and doing things outside of my comfort zone, but being more aware yeah. while I'm doing them. Right, right. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think you should be proud of yourself. I certainly appreciate your vulnerability. Um yeah, I, I don't know what to say because I didn't know any of that. And um, it gives, you know, it, it gives me uh, all the more reason to be proud of you. Um, I think you've, uh, from what I hear, you've um, come a long way. And uh, while I'm, I'm sure you carry that with you, but forgiving yourself is, is uh, important. And I'm glad you have and 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 I don't don't know if it's a thing something you have to work on every day but keep it up uh I'm glad we cross paths I'm glad to know you so I appreciate you you doing this I appreciate you doing this thank you I I uh I felt drawn to you the first time we met (laughs) I did I you know that energy that I that I received from you i i felt a connection yeah so thank you oh my pleasure thank you for choosing to listen in and i hope you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me and a new guest next wednesday for another episode of how did i get here i would certainly like to know what you think as we continue on so please rate and review after all that is how we learn and grow. You can follow me on Instagram at How Did I Get Here Podcast, where I'll post clips of upcoming episodes as they're released, and you and I can interact in the comments. In the meantime, keep in mind 
Forgiving yourself gives you freedom. It allows you to be released from the things that you thought you may have done to impact how people treat or react to you. Talk to you soon.